I remember the first time I played this, John Kurtz was like, what in the world is this? I was like, oh my god. Not to bury the kid, but... You know, I know, but it's like, if you don't know what this is or who this is... He, he knew James Brown. <sighs> he knew that. Just like... When I said the name. You don't know this, like, just go home and get you a full-size handkerchief and put all of the, 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 the... Put five of your most valuable possessions in that handkerchief and then tie it to the end of the stick and then run away from home, <laughs> you little loser and weirdo. <laughs> Do us all a favor and... Go to the train tracks and find a train and then jump on it and leave the area forever. Chris and I, did you ever watch that uh, documentary on Woodstock 99? No. It's on H- HBO did the doc. I, th- I believe it was HBO. I'm pretty sure it was. Anyway, it was really good. Like cool. It was very eye-opening about the way the, the whole situation was handled. There's a lot of issues for that Woodstock bad, 99. Bad. But I, I I believe it James Brown performed at Woodstock it was 99 or 94, but I believe it was 99. And I I watched the whole concert. And it took like 20 minutes just for him to get out there after the performance started. But man was it good. Yeah. Oh, that kid's man. That guy a kid. That guy when he was with us an absolute entertainer. Yeah, no doubt hardest about working it. man in show business, baby. All right, let's uh, let's get back to um, Big Twelve Media Days earlier today. The man of the hour, Brett Yormark, his comments about him taking over the job as commissioner of the Big Twelve, and he did field a lot of questions about conference realignment and about the new uh, when it, when it comes to negotiating for the new TV rights deal for the conference. Before I start playing clips, I believe I can I can sum it up this way. Today he said the right things. He absolutely said the right things without giving us specifics. There's no way he was going to give us any sort of specifics today. That just there's no way. No. There's absolutely no way that was going to happen. But without doing that, he still I, I felt like we still got the message. He got the message across that he's the right guy for the job. He is confident. And he's going to be aggressive. And and the word aggressive, I was hoping to hear that word. Yes. And yes, he did drop that word earlier today. As we now hit up the climate, uh, the uh, the um, highlights from Brett Yormark and about the Big 12. Is for sure. There is no doubt the Big 12 is open for business. We will leave no stone unturned to drive value for the conference. Just as I pledged to the board. We will be bold and humble, aggressive and thoughtful, and innovative and creative, all in an effort to position the conference in a way that not only grows the Big 12 brand and business, but makes us a bit more contemporary. I, I guarantee when he was working on his introductory comment today, which was, I think it was about seven minutes long, that was probably the part he really paid close attention to when he planned it out. Yes. He had to say the right words. And I mentioned yesterday, like, there's a couple of words I want to hear, and aggressive is one of them. And that was brought up because we want to know our commissioner is going to be aggressive for the Big 12 in a very crucial time Yeah, uh, when it comes to conference realignment in the Big 12 just in general, uh, who's going to be behind the Big 10 and Pac-12 when they come up with their new – uh, TV rights deal. Yeah, being aggressive is an absolute necessity Huge. in this position. When it comes to conference realignment, your mark says 
they are exploring all options. And optionality is good, and we're vetting through all of them. I think it's fair to say I've received a lot of phone calls, a lot of interest. People understand the direction of the Big 12, and we're exploring those levels of interest. Nothing is imminent, but we're working hard to make sure that we position the Big 12 in the best possible way on a go-forward basis. Shortly after that, he commented on the top priority. One thing is crystal clear. There is no higher priority than to best position the Big 12 for its upcoming multimedia rights negotiations. Everything we do must create momentum for these negotiations, as well as building the, the value of the Big 12 brand and business. And when it comes to those talks, when it comes to t- when it's time to sit down at the table and have those negotiations with those that run ESPN, Fox, CBS, the streaming sites, whatever, he is looking forward to that opportunity. I'm bullish on the conference. What we look like today and what we look like when we enter those negotiations could be very different. Um, obviously, we've got three more years with our current partners. I've had a working relationship with ESPN and Fox for many years. I'm big fans of what they do. They're the best in the business. And I look forward to, at the right time, engaging with them on meaningful conversations on how we can enhance and amplify the value equation and and how they glamorize and promote and market our great conference. So even though this is his first job in college athletics, he knows what's going on. He's not oblivious. He he has he understands talking about Brett Yormark, who we're just hearing from earlier this morning from Big Twelve Media Days, that he understands the situation and he understands what is expected of him. Not only to be a true leader, but on his resume, and this is what the Big Twelve ADs and presidents, whoever made the you know, there was a group of presidents that made the decision ultimately on who it was gonna be including um, the president of Baylor, uh, um, I'm blanking now, uh, from KU and also from Texas Tech, um, about who, who this was going to be. He mentioned there that he already has a relationship with, with ESPN and Fox, and I'm sure, I mean, that has to do with when he was at NASCAR. And he had the tough job. I mean, it, it feels like the NASCAR fandom is very regionalized, but his job was to make it a national brand, even take it further than that. And he was successful. The ratings went up when he was, the pre- when he was uh, in, in that role of upping the brand, making it a flashier brand in NASCAR with the Brooklynettes, the Barclays Center. Had to do the same thing. Had to make it a bigger brand, a global brand, and he did that. I think he really got that stuff across now. The other big topic was, well, I mean, just the Big 12 as a brand. He has experience building those brands and making the Big 12 young and hip. I think there's opportunities to use social media maybe a little bit more different, engage with our fans. I want to use content, you know, to help us with our storytelling. I think that's truly important. And I think when future student athletes of this conference are thinking about where do they want to go next, I want our brand to be aspirational. I want them to say, I want to go to the Big 12 for all the right reasons. Let me go back and play the clip I actually skipped over. I was going to just kind of skip over and just mention it. I want to play the clip because he said the young and hip and said some pretty key words. You know, I've been in the brand building business and the business building business in my days at NASCAR, where we took it, a sport from predominantly the South and where the roots were, we made it a national phenomenon. 
obviously I, in Brooklyn, we, we moved the team from the Nets, which was a bit of a depressed brand and franchise, and made it into a global brand. And um, my goal is to do something very similar here. Now, when it comes to the Big 12 going young and hip and cool, that almost seems like the toughest job of them all mm-hmm. to me. Um, because, I mean, the, the cool, young, hip, yes, you could do a whole bunch of things on social media. And clearly, that's where our knowledge comes from these days. We are learning from tweets. We're learning, we, we get our information from apps, like websites, like those are kind of like, you know, what are websites anymore? I'm just getting mm. on my phone, poking on a logo and there I'm opening up ESPN. I'm getting all the scores I want. Mm-hmm. I... I, I love what he said. Like, I think it's great, like, trying to get after a young audience, making sure the new generation knows what the Big 12 is all about. I'm just saying, like, I hope you have a great team to brainstorm exactly how to get that done. That just seems like a tall task to me, to be much more appealing to a younger audience when I think of college football. I mean, yes, I was young at it. I was all about it at a young age, but... As we get older, the college football, like we've seen it in college basketball, we've seen attendance go down. We've seen some viewing numbers go down. I mean, best of luck, guy. Best of luck. That just seems like a pretty tall task to me. Maybe not that hard, but I, I do like the approach they're taking, though. He's taking. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm. I really. I hate to say this, because it's great what he said, but... Are you about to be get off my lawn, guy? I'm No, I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you a question. Because I think this is where you can actually get away with it. People are like, yeah, yeah. we need to, we probably need to evolve a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, I get it. You know what we need to do? We need to amplify the value equation is what we need to do. The value equation for the Big 12 is less than stellar, let's admit it. What does that mean? The value equation. Exactly what is that? I thought he threw a lot of buzzword jargony kind of stuff out there. And you have a working relationship with ESPN. Well, that's great because they just tried to kill the Big 12. They just attempted to kill us and are continuing to shut the Big 12 out of things. We went through a whole year where everybody who is a Big 12 school fan, you finally got a look at it and said, wow, they really do kind of, they are really, they're really trying to hurt us. They're trying to hurt us. So it's great when you say, I've had a working relationship with them. They're the best in the business. Um, They weren't the best in the business to us. They were really trying to murder us. And put us and knock us out of the the power five. I get it. You can't just jump on and say, "Hey, ESPN, we're coming for you," or "ESPN, we don't need you." I get it, but I'm also not going to get super excited because what I heard was a suit that used a lot of words that suits use. And when you talk about rebranding the Big Twelve for a younger, like a younger audience. Um, when it comes down to it, like the nuts and bolts of it, it's just college sports. It's not, you know, NASCAR. You know what I'm saying? Like where you can be like, 
you I think you have room to like change people's perspectives. It, like at the end of the day, it's just college sports. Like, what's a kid in California care about K State and K State versus Texas Tech? At the end of the day, the people that are going to tune in are the people that are going to tune in. What I want him to do is get us a good TV deal so that we don't die, and we are still able to compete and and go for things that all the other power schools are going for. But to be like on the uh, the play the devil's advocate, a lot of the stuff I heard, I was just like, oh. a value equation means nothing to me. I don't know what that means. The way things when it comes to branding, where that stands to me right now, it's like trying to give a great example and maybe where Brett Yormark, his ideas, where we're trying to take it, like maybe let's use like clothing brands here, like athletic clothing brands, like the SEC's Nike. Yes. Big okay. Ten is Under Armour. And I, maybe the big – go ahead. You want to finish it sorry, off? Sorry, sorry. It's like this. How far removed is the Big 12 from when the Big 8 was like, Phillips 66, Big 8 basketball tournament. We're not that far removed from that. You know what I mean? Like that's still pretty close. If he can rebrand us to be cool, I'm for it. That's great. That that works for me. But the stuff just like the working relationships and that's kind of the, the what I got what I got the 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 vernacular that the guy used. I was just like, "Whoa, I'm getting fed a bunch of crap here." You know, I just get it's a deal. Give me a deal well, with your working relationship. I don't care about the brand. What I'm, what I'm talking about, though, is like Nike and Under Armour. Mm-hmm. They already have a name. Right. They already have their logo. They already have a brand. They're always going to be popular. People will buy their stuff just because of the logo. Right. The Big 12 at least has a chance to be trendy. Sure. You know what I mean? Like Starter. Starter came out with those athletic jackets where they had you know, the old puffy jackets, oh, man. and all of a sudden they were super cool. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I'm trying to give a good example of maybe what Brett Yormark was meaning there. There's still, even though you're not Nike and Under Armour, you can still be trendy. Absolutely, and like you just think about, if you're talking about like a brand um, right now, kids are wearing New Balances. Like New Balance cleats and baseball are like are huge. I don't mind trying to be trendy and cool, but I'm just not going to get that excited until I see it. Because, like I said, what I heard was a pitch more so than like a plan. I guess i I heard a pitch from a guy who is accomplished at what he does, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just a simple guy, and I'm an idiot. I, I admit <laughs> that I'm a dummy, dude. I don't know nothing. And when you talk like that, I'm just like, yeah, that sounds great, but we need to get a TV deal. We need, uh, and I hope that our branding to younger audiences helps us get a, a deal. Also, to think of expanding the Big 12's reach as far as different platforms does excite me. I think that college football and college basketball could do a lot more than they do on social media platforms. We should be super active on TikTok right now. People laugh about it and give it a, like a hard time. That's what young people use. Young people use TikTok. We need to be on that sucker 24 hours a day. Boom, boom, boom. And you know what? Don't wait for Brett Yormark to do it. K-State, we should be on it now. Get on it now. Oh, the players are already Just on it. Just slam t- TikTok with K-State stuff all day. And and if that's his idea, is like, let's go after that kind of stuff, I'm cool with it. It's just like I said, I'm not too – I didn't get all fired up because when I heard – Value equation. I was like, man, I don't know. 
Are you on TikTok? I am. I'm not. It's, Sage, are you? No, she's not either. It is. Uh, it's the it's, old man is the minority. It is really fun. Um, I'm not someone who produces a lot of TikToks, but my thing is, when I look up content for the K Rock Morning Show, more than half of it comes from TikTok. It is massive, and it is what everybody's doing, and it is becoming something that a little older people are using. But for right now, it's a young person's thing. And if that's our goal to go after young people and become hipper, we need to get on TikTok yesterday. I've been doing this thing on Snapchat. I still use Snapchat. Oh, Snap's awesome. And um, my gimmick has been just taking videos of my dog, Finn. Uh Really cute Australian shepherd. He's goofy. He runs all over the place. And he's sometimes really snuggly and stuff. (laughs) I'll take all these random videos of just him doing his thing. And I'll put ran- I'll put songs behind it, mm. and that's it. I was like, you know what? That actually might be something catchy. He's a really cute dog. It's fun songs I'm putting behind him. Can I? I think that might be just pure cash I'm putting in the bank. Listen, I, I, I seriously, um, my wife, one of her best friends, made a video of a cat sitting in the sink, and he had some money. He it was a bartender, and he was just kind of dropping the dollar bills on the cat to set to music. <laughs> It's been viewed over 5 million times on Snapchat. He got 16000 bucks for it. What? Yeah, straight up. No kidding, no BS. He got money for that. And, but does he already have like a big following on Snapchat no. or just was he it just put, a, where he, do you where do you where do you even post that? Just your on your story? story. That's it? Yeah, he put not your story. Um he did it on the other one, the one that you can you can put hashtags on and stuff. He hashtagged it to not just his stories, but the reels thing, I think. I can't remember. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. But the yeah. one that, like, anybody can just type in something and, and see all snaps related to that. Yeah. It's been viewed well over 5 million times. People love it. And that's another thing. On there. If we're getting on there, Big 12, we're going to do, do that. Let's do it. And let's do it right now. No more talking about it. Let's amplify that value equation to the freaking moon, baby. When we come back... Random comments from day one of Big 12 media days, including what does Adrian Martinez do before a football game? And let's see, what else could I preview here? Oh, who does Oklahoma State think will be their new rival once Ah. Oklahoma leaves? That's next. Miss I love turning the microphone on randomly because DG always reacts to the music, either singing along or humming or doing whatever sound effects he does. What the? I did do that one time, yeah. The game continues with Mitch, Deej, Sajay. Deej. I want to give a shout to... Uh, one of my boys out there. Down, he used to be a co-host here on the show. Now he's down in Wichita, Mason Voth, who is at Media Days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? He had some pretty dynamite content the last couple of days. Last night he went to the Rangers game, and he does this uh, food, like stadium food review. Yes, he does. And while he was doing his review last night, a home run was hit. <laughs> I was like, "That's some good timing." That's never <laughs> happened in the in the in the food reviews. <laughs> But it was about an hour ago he was able to catch up with K-State football coach Chris Kleiman to ask him a very important question. Are you a fan of the McRib at McDonald's? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
No. Well, <laughs> so we could really break this down here. So, uh, first of all, Mason getting a big laugh out of Gene. I thought that was fantastic. It's very special. I thought that's a great reaction. Yeah. But also, if you want, this is from a video on Twitter. You can follow Mason at the real Mason V. <laughs> Does great work down there in Wichita. He is. He, he basically just took his phone and stuck it in Kleiman's face like paparazzi to ask him this question. Now, I will admit, I have never had the McDonald's McRib sandwich. Never had it in my entire life. Sage is like, eh, not that big a deal. You? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm. It's. I'm more shocked that you haven't had it because it's such a cultural phenomenon. People are just like into it. The McRib man. is back. Yeah. Oh my God. We have some. We have some people, mutual p- people in our lives that go nuts for McRibs. Nuts. Your wife? No. Um. We have a sponsor actually. Mr. Godfrey, in oh, Junction, yeah? he loves them. Oh, does he? Shout out, shout out to Todd. Loves them. He goes and gets them by the box and goes, yeah, they're back, baby. And I'm, I mean, you know, it's a thing slathered in barbecue. I, you know, I mean, I remember at school. I think it was at school. Like we had those once in a while, like rib sandwiches, uh-huh. slathered in barbecue, and I also put mayo. I think mayo. And uh, barbecue sauce is a great mix. Also, uh, ranch and barbecue sauce is Ooh, also a great mix. Hit. Uh, but w- good work there by uh, Mason the last couple of days. All right, a bunch <laughs> of uh, random comments from today that I got from Twitter. Some coming from Kellis Robinette. He says, native Californian Adrian Martinez on Big Ten realignment. He had a quote on that saying, I don't know how much UCLA and USC are going to like those 11 a.m. games at Maryland and Purdue. Good luck with that. So I had that thought last year when when Stanford went to Arlington to play K-State at 11 a.m. Yeah. And they did not play well. They did not play well, and they turned out to be a three-win uh, team. Everybody was predicting, by the way, Stanford to be better than that. I, I didn't. I was the one that stuck with the under on the over-under, and I was the only one that believed that. You, I got slammed for that. You did. You did. I, I remember you saying something and getting, I mean, really getting angry because you said Stanford stinks. Okay, guys. And you, and then and then they did. <laughs> they were so bad, but it was awesome to see it just go out there and crush them. That was pretty cool. Now uh, it was yesterday. A video was put out by K State Athletics. Brian Smoller and Gene Taylor asked the AD, and this subject did, did come up that the new indoor facility in the East Bay parking lot is ahead of schedule. And Gene talking to Kellis says they're hoping that it is done. By November. That is way ahead of schedule because it was supposed to be done, from what I understand, was supposed to be done before the start of next season. Dang. So they have really wow. sped it up. And they could, I mean, if they can open that thing up and like it's not the end of the season yet, maybe they could do something fun with it with the fans. You know, my idea is how you could use it on game days. Not everybody tailgates. Yeah. Not everybody has a tailgate to go to, but they still arrive early for some reason. I mean, for those that don't necessarily have plans <laughs> when they get to the game yeah. or something for kids, kids can go have fun oh, in there or yeah. something. Yeah. I mean, you let the kids on the field after the game, or sure. used to. Maybe they'll start doing it again this year. Right. But, uh, you know, just give those opportunities. I'm sure people would love to go uh, check it out. It's a It'd be touristy for those that uh, visit on game days. That'd be cool. That's a great idea. Have you floated that idea? No. 
Come on, no. Well, I'm sure you know Brian. I'm a huge fan of the show. I'm sure right. so oh, he's still, still a big fan. Yeah, I'm sure he's listening. He's down. writing notes. Yeah, uh-huh. I, he, smaller. If you never need some ideas on a certain topic, hit me up. I'm hey, uh, pretty good with ideas. Take credit for it too. Don't give Mitch any credit. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kellis also reporting that uh, KUAD Travis Goff said uh, so. They've <laughs> the Jayhawks are very focused now with renovating their football stadium. Oh yeah. They are really taking it seriously now. They are closer <laughs> to beginning the project than expected. Now, of course, that means, you know, the seats there in the north end of the stadium, maybe also south, and I can't remember what side it was. They're going to, you know, reupholster the seats. Sure. Uh, maybe add a, a, a beer garden. Sure. And um, while you're at it, more porta potties. You can never yeah. have enough porta potties. I've always said that about the paid parking lots at the bill. You do not have enough porta potties out there. It's you true. could use an extra 10. It's true. <laughs> and then maybe they'll kick the, the, the thing open on the, the bark loungers and tip them. Backwards, you got to vacuum under there too. You got to make sure you vacuum underneath there. Maybe replace a couple springs or something. It's going to go down. Let's go to uh, Oklahoma State wide receiver Brennan Presley telling the media he was asked who was going to replace Oklahoma as Oklahoma State's rival. He said Iowa State. Okay. I was like, no. 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 It's going to be case. I was thinking, well, I wasn't even thinking K-State. I was thinking Baylor. Oh, Oklahoma State. Because all of Baylor's rivals are jumping ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the exception of Texas Tech, I think they still take that rivalry seriously. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Ah, Yeah. Hmm. That was played at a neutral site for a little while at AT AT&T Stadium. Mm -hmm. But they always got stuck on FS1 and not playing (laughs) at a good time. Yeah, yeah. uh, This from... uh, Let's see where where oh oh yeah uh, the final one I have here from Drew Galloway from um, KCN Online, hmm. which by the way we plan to have Dy on on Friday. Busy with Big Twelve Media Days, I get. It. I told him like just don't worry about it. You do your thing. We'll get you on. We got you. We, we can cover this. Mm-hmm. He says he talked to Adrian Martinez and asked him, "What do you do?" Maybe he didn't personally ask this, but somebody asked, "What do you do before games?" I think this is always a great question. You always get different responses. People have their own routines. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the same thing. How do you get hyped for games? What do you listen to? Everybody has their answers. Martinez said he watches ridiculousness on MTV. <laughs> well, good thing for him. It's on 24 hours a day. But, you know, that's funny because because he says what that does the night before. It just kind of eases his mind. It takes his mind off the game. And he can, you know, maybe help him get to sleep a little bit better. Huh. I'm like, well, you know, like if I was a coach, do I want my quarterback, my first string quarterback, taking his mind off the game when the game is just a few hours away? Whoa, okay. Now, Ooh. ridiculousness is a, it's actually a pretty solid go to. Like I remember Chris Brown and I, when we were on the road for K State baseball. What do we want to watch? Is there something on TV? Well, there's always ridiculousness because that's basically what MTV is. It's just 24 hours of ridiculousness Throw it on. or 16 and pregnant. I don't know. It's <laughs> one of those shows. Catfish. But it's usually, yeah. Um, well, actually, Catfish, that's now basically just MTV too. <laughs> Lindsay and I have been watching a lot of MTV Classic lately because they like a lot of the time they're showing either like 80s or 90s music videos. Really? And I'm like, you know, I didn't grow up with MTV as actual just 
just straight up music. Mm. I didn't really have that. I didn't have MTV on my TV at home until I was like 16. No joke. Our cable company did not have MTV for, forever. Never did, as a matter of fact. And so I never got that. I never oh. got like the music television. Dude, who was your cable provider? I don't remember. I, I was too oh, young to know. My but I remember they put these ginormous like towers, like these this base this long antenna and then like a small satellite on top of it. Wow. It had to be twenty feet tall. It was crazy tall. <laughs> and of course, you know, Morganville always got all the lightning strikes because of these long towers that stick <laughs> up in the sky. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see here. It's time to uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get to a number one song of the day, and that is coming up next. People see us everywhere. They think you really care. But myself, I can't deceive. I know it's only make be. Someday you care My hopes, my dreams come true My one and only you And no one will ever know How much I love you so My only prayer will be Someday you'll care for me But it's only make believe From 19... 19- 58, the first year of the Billboard Hot 100, It's Only Make Believe by Conway Twitty. Two weeks at number one, it was his only number one, and we had to have Conway Twitty at some point. I didn't care what the song was if he just had one, and we're playing it right now. Known as a country music singer and songwriter from Helena, Arkansas, I believe that's how you say the the town name, but... um, at this time, though, he wasn't a country, known as a country artist. He was more of the R&B sound, but he also been associated with rock and roll, with pop genre. But from uh, 71 to 76, he was also receiving a lot of awards because of his duet with Loretta Lynn. Mm-hmm. They were a hot item at a time. When it comes to Conway, though, when it comes to genre charts, he has 55 number ones. That was a record for 20 years until George Strait came along. George Strait took that country record and sent those numbers through the roof. Unfortunately, on June 4th, 1993, Conway Twitty, he became ill after performing in Branson. He collapsed on his tour bus. After the show, he was rushed to the hospital, rushed into surgery, unfortunately died from abdominal aneurysm in the early hours of the next day in Springfield, Missouri. Wow. At the age of 59. So this is a wild coincidence because at the same hospital, Loretta Lynn was also there. And uh, she was there because her husband was in the hospital recovering from heart surgery. She briefly saw Twitty in the hospital before he passed away. Whoa. But he was inducted into the college, college, the uh, Country Music Hall of Fame and the Rockabilly Hall of Fame. You know, I've been to Nashville. I've been to Memphis a couple of times. 
they are two towns that are known, uh, Nashville much more, but they're two towns that have their live music. Mm-hmm. And I, when I was in Nashville, we found the one bar that had a rockabilly band. That's where we hung out. Yeah. Rockabilly is a lot of fun, in That's my cool. opinion. Cool. In Memphis, there was a rockabilly band that was playing for eight people. You know what? They rocked the house. They were <laughs> awesome. Oh. Let's see here. So, now, Conway Twitty's his notoriety skyrocketed about nine, ten years ago because Danny DeVito, he established the Conway Twitty fan club. <laughs> Danny DeVito's a big fan of Conway Twitty. He called it... The Itty Bitty Conway Twitty Committee. Had to be careful with that. Yeah, one. you gotta be. Yeah, extra careful with that. Conway Twitty too was a baseball guy. He was like he was offered a spot on spring training with the Phillies. Baseball was. Was his, he really? Yeah, baseball was like his second thing, and he turned it down because he got drafted in the army, <laughs> not, uh, not by baseball, but in the army. Um, Conway Twitty, also known for being one of the ugliest people in the history of music. You thought so? You think so? Yeah, not a great looking man, but. I mean, he's not a 10, but. His his hair is weird. Well, but he has like a pompadour. Yeah. The guy right? can sing, though. Like that. I love. I have a favorite Conway Twitty song. That oh, Hello, I, Darling, of course. I see the want to in your eyes. Check that song out sometime. It's called what? I S- I see the want to. We're gonna play it right now. Yeah, it's a great song. I love it. Right. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna finish up the the nuggets I have here, Sage, yeah, and then yeah. we can listen to DG's request. <laughs> All right, let's bounce back over. So, uh, 58 studio albums. Wow. For Conway Twitty, and that's not including the work he did with Loretta Lynn. Nine top 40 hits. This is his only number one. It's from his debut album. Conway Twitty sings. <laughs> now, he wrote this with his drummer at the time. They were in between sets at the Flamingo Lounge in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Of course they were. And at the time, he was not a rock and roll. He, he was an unknown rock and roll singer. He was not known as a country artist at the time. He wasn't a country artist officially, as he put it, until 1966. Wow. Uh, but this would be covered... Many times. He even re-recorded it with Loretta Lynn as a duet in 1970. That's really all I have on the song. There's not much interesting about it, but had to play some Conway Twitty. Yeah. All right. Let's get to it. Let's see if this song's any good. I See the Want in Your Eyes by Conway Twitty. Let's, uh, let's check it out. I see the sparkling little diamond on your hand. Can you karaoke this? No, I, I can't go nowhere near it's this. It's plain one. to see that you already got a man. Yeah. That's like country western. Heck yeah. That's good stuff right there, buddy. Hey, man, that's real good right there. Exactly. Like To me, like, yeah. 
Hey, man, i tell you what. I went down to Morganville, and I sat there at the VFW, and, and then as soon as I was down there, I went about two miles past that tree line out there by that creek. I turned this on, I just let it rip. Morganville and VFW. Come on. And they don't? Oh, man. No. We do have a community building. Yeah, that's good mm. stuff right there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I, w- I maybe, you know. Yeah. See, if he was still around, trying to, he, he would be close to 80. Yeah, he'd be an older man. But he'd be out there still rocking. <laughs> yeah. I think he'd still be out there performing. Crushing. All right, Sage, I suppose uh, you just want to get us out when we need to get out. You I haven't heard any of these questions yet. What, what's are going you, on? Are you able to, Sage? Sage? I could just not turn on the music, okay? Well, then then we're just going to sit here awkwardly because we can't start. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There it is. First and foremost, I want to know, what do you love about your job? Today is is Gruntled Workers Day. So what do you love about your job? I love that I have the control to play whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Whenever I want. Yep. And people listen to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're hanging. They're hanging on bait. Like right now, actually, Sage, you're going to turn that down because here's another big Conway Twitty hit. <laughs> Hello, darling. Oh, nice to see. You. See, I have this power. It's been a long time. You're just as lovely. We're going to let this roll. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, coming up here in like a couple of weeks will be my 10th anniversary here. Wow. Um, what I love about it, it just kind of keeps me on my toes. It's, you know, it's the sports world. Anything can happen at any time. Yes. I get to cover the cats. I get to announce for the cats. Call some games once in a while. That's awesome. Like, I'm living my dream. Absolutely. Absolutely. One Every of my day. dreams. Every day. During the season, too, people comment a lot. How good you're doing? Seriously, they do. They you're do. Lying. I know you don't. You're you're not a great compliment taker, but you do a great job, and people are always talking about it. They're like, man, that guy's good, and I go, I know him, and they're like, okay, who cares? If anybody from AEW is listening, I'd love to ring announce for you. Make <laughs> yeah! the kid's dream come true. Yes, let make one this- match. I I love to do it. Come on, AEW, just do it for the young man. The only time I've ever had TikTok was because I wanted to enter a competition to be a ring announcer for WWE. They're going to have somebody win this Twitter or uh, TikTok contest, and they could announce a SummerSlam, and they just kind of took it away and oh, never happened. They did. I was like, and I got like, I got like a. F- 2,000 views on one video and it had like 150 likes. I what? was like, that's it. Like, I should do this. Oh my God. I'm going to call them right now. Well, I'm you know, Vince McMahon is out. a mess. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You don't want to get involved in there. Hey, what do oh, you want to ask Sage? Oh, yeah, Sajay, uh, what do you like the most about this job? I mean, I've worked in radio for six years now. Um, I have always wanted to use my voice for my career. Because I went to school for, you know, vocal music, and it's just always been something that's very in- interesting to me and, and keeps me, like, wanting to do the job. Yes. And your future is really bright, Sage. You're you're really talented. You're a hard worker. You're really cool. You know your stuff. You're going to do really good. Wherever you go, you're going to do just fine. You're going to do great. I appreciate that. <laughs> you see? That's how you take a compy. Um, hey, what do you miss uh, about your teenage years? What's something random you miss about teenage years? Not having to pay bills. Yeah, there's that's a, one. That's for a sure. big one. 
Um, I don't want to go there, but I'm going to go there. Gasoline. You, I didn't even think about the price of gasoline when I was a kid. It was just like, hey, do you want to drive to Washington State? And I was like, yeah, let's go. And it was more about like, can I get my mom to let me go? But gas wasn't even a consideration. I used to get so much gas, I would like fill up my truck and then a bunch would spill out. And I'd go, ha, no big deal. Here's a quarter. Call somebody who cares. I mean, another, I, another thing, I miss playing sports for sure. Oh. Um, I think about, I, I don't let's not like I think about it every day, but I, those are just really fun times. Uh-huh. And just like, you know, a lot of people I used to hang out with, I don't hang out with anymore. It's true. It's very true. You get closer. So, Sage? I mean, my teenage years were like, what, four years ago? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wait a minute. <laughs> you still live in the glory days, am I right? Uh, this is the Nothing Hillbillies. They just come up, came up random here on YouTube, so they're taking us out with a song called Bewildered. For Asage, mm-hmm. DG, mm-hmm. I'm Mitch. We're back with a show that wraps up at 5.30 tomorrow. Go Cats!